The following is a CSPN Media podcast presentation. Woo! Let me tell you about who deserves a shot the United States Heavyweight. Let's hear it. I'm the champion. I ought to know. You know, I've, I've been sizing up guys since I came to WCW. And I think the one guy that stands out the most, the guy that I think has earned a title shot, L. Dandy, I think you're a heck of a wrestler, you're a great technician in the ring, and you're a jam-up guy. Whoa. I don't see any Whoa. reason... Wait a minute. L. Dandy has been wrestling in, in, in the cruiserweight division here. Please. He's a great wrestler. He's a great wrestler, but my goodness sakes, it's 50 pounds Who are you to, to, to doubt L. Dandy? Because this guy's a serious professional. Well, let's talk about some serious how about, contenders. How about hypnosis? Let's get thrown... Psychosis? 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 Whatever, whatever. He's a great wrestler, you know. Hello, and welcome to episode 200 of the WrestleCast. I'm your host, Don DeLorente, and I'm joined by my SmackDown Matters correspondent, Ms. Amy Jonet. What's going on, friend? I'm good, friend. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Ready for what used to be a long weekend for me, but now it's going to be a short weekend due to a jacked-up work schedule. Aww. Yeah. Do you get overtime? No, it's just a part of my regular work now. Oh, boo. Exactly, boo. So... Going to try to make the most of these two days off in a week, in the middle of the week, and uh, live it up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We're also joined by our Rawcast reporter, Mr. Samuel Kalunga. What's going on, Sam? Impactcast. Impactcast. It's all, it's all about impact. Mm, yeah. You're <laughs> Actually, over. I do I do have a quick thing to say. Uh-huh. After watching those promos on YouTube and everything and watching the videos, um, for uh, Cody versus Magnus, I am hashtag all in. Yeah, that should be a very interesting um, outcome because if Cody Rhodes wins the NWA title, he'll be the first ever second generation wrestler to win that particular prestigious title. So there's a lot of intrigue that could happen there. Yeah. And of course, we're joined by the raw cast broadcast journalist, Mr. Magnum Prime. What's going on, Greg? Back in for the first time. <laughs> All right. Just letting you know, the WrestleCast can be found on the web at www.cspn.us. So I've got the news this week, and the news is Neville has finally been released from his WWE contract, so he's free to go wherever he pleases, free to sign wherever he pleases. He can be on TV as soon as he gets there. He doesn't have any of the 90-day restrictions that most people get when they get released from their contract. So, um, you know, they've been playing a, a awful game with him. He's been unhappy, so they just told him to go home. They kept paying him to keep him underneath their thumb, but now he's finally, you know, I guess paid his penance. So now he's free to go, and hopefully he ends up in, you know, New Japan, ROH, somewhere like that, where he can be on TV and really get a chance to showcase what he can do to his fullest extent. So, Greg, let me get your thoughts as the broadcast broadcast journalist on uh, Neville and, uh, you know, what you think that, you know, he can be out here in the world outside of WWE. I definitely think it'll work. Um, I'm sorry that things didn't work out better for him with the WWE. I I definitely think that there was uh, a lot of avenues they could have explored was really making him a, a, a big time superstar. But he'll definitely find new life out there. Um, he, he was kind of put away uh, with some unwanted toys for a while, so he'll reintroduce himself and he'll be as popular as he once was outside of WWE. I wonder if he'll keep that heel persona up, though, because that really seemed like he turned a corner once he turned heel and, you know, he got a chance to be the you know, the Cruiserweight champion and, and that was a really good run. And really, his objection was he didn't want to keep losing the end zone. <laughs> <laughs> so that's really where the fallout came. And uh, so, you know, I don't blame him for that. But, you know, so hopefully, you know, out here when he does decide wherever he decides to re-up or sign to, uh, it'll be a, a good place for him and work out for him creatively. So that's our news for this week. And we're going to turn it over to Samuel Kalunga for his Rawcast report. All right, so uh, we're not doing the whole uh, the rundown anymore. We're just going to pick five things that happen on the show, and we're going to talk about them. So uh, you guys ready for this? The floor is yours, sir. All right. So the first thing we have here is that uh, Trish Stratus uh, returned to do a segment with some guy, 
And then uh, I found out, I don't know, you probably guys probably knew before, but I found out that she's going to have a match with Alexa Bliss at the uh, Evolution pay-per-view, so. It is time that I sing my greatest song. Actually, you know what? I just had an epiphany. I just had an intuitive grasp of reality. You know, when fellow musician Drake said that he started from the bottom, he was literally talking about here. Yeah, because there is no city more bottom feeding, no city lower than this godforsaken hole of Toronto. And I tell you, I was just in New York last week, and my brother John Tavares, you know, one of your own, he called me and he said, Elias, going from New York to Toronto, there is no bigger disappointment in life. And he speaks the truth. Are you kidding me? Toronto's oh, own! Oh, 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 oh. WWE Hall of Famer, Trish Stratus! And ladies and gentlemen, WWE Hall of Famer, Trish Stratus! You know? And it is nice to see that you've taken a minute away from changing diapers to come do something important and hop in the ring with Elias. I mean, I understand, you know, I'm, I'm kind of, um, you know, since you left, a lot of things have changed, and you know, I'm kind of a big deal now. Right. No, you are. You are. You got some, I'm a, fan, I'm a huge fan of your music. You got some real toe-tappers, catchy tunes. But when you start running your mouth about my hometown of Toronto... I'm going to have to ask you to... Silence your cell phone. Hold your applause, and most importantly, Elias, shut your mouth. Trish, okay, I just speak the truth. All right, and Elias' performance in Toronto, it's, it's kind of like the Stanley Cup. They'll never see it in their lifetime. <laughs> like you uh, winning a WWE championship. (laughs) But you know, you are right about one thing, Elias. You're right. A lot of things have changed since I've been gone, for sure. I mean, when I retired as a seven-time WWE Women's Champion right here in Toronto, sharpshooter right in the middle of this ring, when I took my place in the WWE Hall of Fame, I would have never imagined that we're only a couple months away from the first ever all-women's pay-per-view WWE Evolution. In just a few short months, I'll be lacing up these boots, getting in this very ring to take on Alexa Bliss. Yeah, that's going to be like a a swimsuit motto pillow fight, right? Because I have been looking forward to that for years, okay? The two of you... uh, That was a good one. Clever. Yeah. You know what? I have a little suggestion for you, if you don't mind. I'm thinking it's time for you to pack up your little guitar, take your floral kimono and your fancy little scarves, and just walk yourself that way. Why don't we just cut to the chase, okay? Why don't we just get right down to it? The reason you came out here is because you, just like thousands of other women, you want to walk with Elias. (laughs) But I have to break it to you, Trish. I don't date women in their 60s. Oh, oh! Oh, yeah, it's going to be... You see how that goes. It's going to be big fun to see two of my favorites wrestle each other and Elias did a great job he 
basically reference what Dee Dee wants to do every week. He told Trish, just like a thousand other women, she just wants to walk with Elias. <laughs> so anyway, uh, the Bella Twins announced that they are will be back in action next week. So that'll put butts I in guess. seats. Yeah, right. <laughs> move the needle. Well, she'd be mad if it does. <laughs> <laughs> But you know what? It'll be more entertaining whatever they do than starting off with a Baron Corbin match for the fourth week in a row. Oh, God. Baron Corbin versus Finn Balor again. I thought, like, the pay-per-view matches were supposed to end feuds, not, like, continue them for, like, the next eight months. Well, I mean, we all saw Finn get that it was, quote-unquote, a playhouse, but really it was a doghouse, so he ain't getting out no time soon. I guess. So, uh, Braun Strowman will be cashing in his money in the bank at Hell in a Cell against uh, Mr. Roman Reigns. Now, will it actually be a Cell match or just a match? Did Hopefully, they, uh, it's in a Cell. I think it's going to be in the Cell because he said that way. They don't have enough Cell matches. For, don't, they have, don't they usually have two, one for each brand? Yeah, yeah. there's usually plenty that aren't in the Cell, but hopefully. Well, he said that he's going to be in Hell in a Cell because in that way, the Shield can't interfere. That was his whole plan. They can plan. still interfere. Right. And, right, right. Like, are you new to wrestling? Well, like, you know, <laughs> that was his logic. I don't, even re- I don't even remember things and I know that you can easily interfere. Kane, the very first Hell in the Cell, ripped the door off. Still the very like, best Hell in a Cell, in my uh, opinion. Make it more difficult to interfere, sure. I, I gotta disagree. Uh, uh, ground Zero to me was better. Michaels and The Undertaker. See, that was a better one. Yes, we may have to. We may have to put that to a back-to-back watching never, on a special. I will never forget how uh, when uh, uh, Sean was like running from Taker and he was running to the stage. You know how they had the house on the stage. Mm-hmm. He was actually mm-hmm. banging on the door trying to kick whoever was on the other side to let him in. If maybe the Saturday night before the Hell in a Cell event, we may have to live tweet those two back-to-back and, and take a poll. I actually prefer the Cell match. You hear me, G? You down Aye. for that? You down for that? Aye. Okay. Let's get it. All right. Yeah, we'll, we'll have to see. We're not done, done with that. Don has two words for you. <laughs> okay, so that'll be interesting uh, to see. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. Let's see what else is happening. What is WWE trying to do with Bobby Lashley? Like, it, it, he's like in no man's land right now. Now they have him going up against the Ascension because he's boring. He's was he not there. boring in Impact, or was he boring in Impact? Because when I well, saw him well, in Impact, I was still very bored by him. In Impact, he had the 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 beatdown clan with him, so he had people. He had really, MVP he had really a lot of talk. people. Yeah, yeah, okay. MVP did all the talking for the group. Okay. So they, he was hardly ever on the mic. Mm. And then he was an actual badass because he was doing the whole Bellator thing. So, so yeah. he need, so he needs a Paul Heyman is what you're telling me. Yeah, definitely. Mm. Okay. They could always put him with Titus Worldwide. <laughs> so he can drop to, <laughs> drop to the B team. Great. <laughs> I mean, they need a legit you know, top level guy, but I don't know how much longer that's going to be around though. Looks like they finally about to dissolve Titus Worldwide. Yeah. They need to go. Once you start making like porn jokes about him and it's just like, ah, it's awkward awkward now. Now I can't unsee it. So, uh, we see Kevin Owens quits. What uh, what do y'all make of this? I'll see him on Monday. <laughs> it's like that dude that like is at your job. He's just like rants and raves and just starts like throwing papers and stuff. And then he leaves. He's like, I quit. I'm not coming back. And you're just like, I'll see you Monday, Jimmy. Child support. Mm-hmm. Get paid somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it'll be interesting. It'll be something that'll definitely, you know, be a catch to watch next week to see if he shows up or not. So like the internet is buzzing from this. They're like, what if this is like some weird loophole for him to show up at all in? Like, that's not happening. Well, I don't know, man. Vince would be petty enough to try to sabotage it somehow. Right. If he could. He goes by Kevin Steen instead. 
Oh yeah, he <laughs> would definitely kill steam kill shirt. Oh now that would blow the roof off that place. He wouldn't even have to wrestle. He just if what if he showed up in the bear suit? What if he was Bernard the business bear? <laughs> That's all he would have to do. He wouldn't even have to he wouldn't even have to um take a bump, throw a punch or anything. Alright, so let's see let's keep an eye on this, see what happens here. Uh, let's see. So the B team and the revival, what's uh what's going on there? Uh, the revival looked like they might be about to win the tag team championship soon. Looks like they're setting I think this up. experiment is over. I actually like the B team like through all this. Like they actually surprised me. Sam likes something. Mark it down in your calendars, people. You know what I what I don't like right now? No, I'm mm. kidding. Mm. I'm kidding. I'm kidding, DP. I, I love you. You mean it and it's okay. <laughs> No, I told I told you. I said all they got to do is let the B team start. Let Excellent Dallas start winning and actually being threats, and it, they'll they'll catch on. And yeah, it's simple because they got enough of the entertainment to go with it, and they're pretty good wrestlers. Both Dallas and Curtis Axel are really good wrestlers, but they got just enough entertainment that it works. Right, and the final thing. Uh, Shawn Michaels is coming back this week on Raw. Just gonna, he might just do like the Kevin Owens show or something. He's, people are actually acting like he's going to do something. Oh, he's just going to stay in the middle of the ring talk about how Triple H is his best friend and hell of an athlete. And oh, God, I forgot about this stupid how match. The Undertaker has been hit one of his toughest opponent ever, and they've had you know epic matches yeah, since such. He shows Triple H not to mess with the Undertaker. He's like, right. ah, I don't know, Hunter. Right, right. You know, shouldn't, shouldn't mess with this guy. It's basically He's a dead man. it's gonna basically be. I tried. To, I wrestled him twice at WrestleMania. Right, it's gonna be the same thing he did when uh, he came out there and tried to talk to Roman Reigns about, you know, calling out the Undertaker. Like, I don't think you want to do that, son. <laughs> right. So they're gonna have their final match for like the eighth time. <laughs> the last one I looked it up. Their last one was in 2012. Hey, man. When when the that was six years ago. When the country yeah, pays you, right? Nobody remembers that, right? When 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 the country man pays for it and says, "Hey, this is what we want," you just deliver what you oh, got the paid for. kangaroo baron. Yeah, they're supposed to be going back to Saudi Arabia in November. I heard, or at least reported. Are right, taking the ladies with? Uh, <laughs> uh, that's the reason why Evolution is probably in October. <laughs> the only ladies are going to be there are the are the Instagram models. Hi. <laughs> Oh, that's Dubai. Never mind. Sorry. Mm-hmm. I'm sure they go where the money is. And that's okay. So, that is your Monday Night Raw breakdown. Um, it's three hours of a show that's way too long. And, uh. did, did you mention Bronny? Yeah, Bronny the Strowman. Didn't mention the, uh, he didn't mention the, the, the main Oh, the, the Shield reunion. That, that was cool. Well, not reunion, but like when they... That's next week, right? The the tri- the triple. No, that's yeah, gonna. No, that's gonna be in. Uh, that's gonna be in in the Super Show in October in the Australia. Australia show. Uh-huh. Uh, Something tells me it'll also be on Monday. Yeah, Probably. but <laughs> right. What happened Probably was there is a tag a team match. It'll be a tag. It'll be a tag match. It'll be like Dean Ambrose and yeah. his name against whoever. I'm, sh- I'm sure it'll end up. There. And then somebody will, they'll be at ringside, and then they'll all get a big. Yeah, yeah. Did you know? he has been watching long enough. Vince, they got three. They got three hours. What else are they gonna do? Events doubled down on the unnecessary babyface heel turn. So not only does Becky Lynch need to be a heel, but Braun Strowman needs to be one too. Punch from out of midair. Dolph gets to McIntyre. Here comes the monster. This is what Strowman's all about. It's called intimidation. Waiting to take his move. Waiting to go after McIntyre. Yeah, I don't think Drew McIntyre feels intimidated right now. He's eye to eye with the monster among men. Well, wait, wait a minute. Has Strowman already been a tag? Strowman made the tag. Wait a minute. Strowman's legal. And Ziggler and McIntyre are beating up Reigns. It's a mugging. What is going on? God, this was a brilliant play. I told you this. I'm not finished with you. 
Talk about playing the long game if you're Braun Strowman. Reigns has been slaughtered. Here comes Ambrose. Reigns, shield, brother. But Ambrose is walking into a three-on-one fight. And Braun and McIntyre and Ziggler now beating Ambrose down. Ambrose throwing blindly into a pack of wolves. And Strowman inserts himself as well. Strowman, McIntyre, and Ziggler are suddenly working together. Oh, oh, no, here it comes. Here it comes. No way to cover the zigzag. And there it goes. And now the King Slayer, Seth Rollins, trying to come to his brother's aid. Oh, is it too little, too late? He's got a bum shoulder. Rollins banged up earlier tonight, but Rollins still trying to come to the aid of Roman Reigns and Dean Ambrose. But again, it's a three-on-one attack by McIntyre, Ziggler, and yes, Braun Strowman. Yes, Braun Strowman joining forces seemingly tonight with McIntyre and Dolph and a running power slam. I know it's about brotherhood, but sometimes you have to use your brain. This is about guts. This is about heart. This is about defending your brother. They ran into an onslaught. Uh, this is about Braun Strowman taking care of business after what happened last week at the hands of the Shield. About what's going to happen in three weeks when he faces Reigns inside Hell in a Cell. Reigns is helpless. McIntyre just fed Roman Reigns to the angry monster. This is something I thought I would never oh. see. Drew, Dolph, Braun on the same page. Well, whenever this plan was hatched, whether it was earlier tonight or whether it was in the moments after Strowman made the tag, it worked to perfection tonight for Braun Strowman. That was a heel tactic? I just... <laughs> I just think it's because he, just he hates Roman. That's what I think because about. I am a heel in spirit, I don't know when things are, like, heelish. I feel like it's correct. Yeah. Turn on the person who jumped you the week before, like... Yeah, that's it, what you should do. Yeah, it was very refreshing for once to see that Braun didn't necessarily wrestle the dudes that he didn't really have no beef with. Yeah, and plus, also, what's in it for Braun to be nice to Roman? Like, they're gonna win this match to what end? Are they gonna be like attacked? No, of course not. So, like, why wouldn't I just fuck you over like you did me last week? Like, that's common sense. That's not being a heel. Yeah, we just we just even now. Come up I like that word. It's a good word. So that's your Monday Night Raw. All right, so we'll turn it over to Miss Didi Jonet for her SmackDown Matters report. Well, they was in Toronto, right? Mm-hmm. And I heard that what you're supposed to do is call it Toronto, but I'm American, so I say it the way I say it. Um, the news they come out, they're excited because now they are the five time, five time, whoop, interrupted by King Booker. Did you, did you pop? I popped. Because mm-hmm. I live a kayfabe life. I didn't know he was coming out. So he comes out. They all bow before him. He has a royal decree to d- deliver. He anoints um, Lord Xavier, the smart or something, and Sir Kofi's the brave or something, and Big E's. Biggie. And Biggie is like, excuse me, why don't I get a good name? And Booker's like, you already got Biggie in your name. That's good enough. And then Big E, in the shadiest of all shades, says King Booker just went full Saxton. Byron Saxton. (laughs) Shade palm trees. Palm trees. But anyway, then Booker welcomes them to the five-time Champions Club. Um, and New Day requests a royal spinneroonie, and King Booker delivers, and then Wiz and Kofi do one. It's pretty good, not as good as Booker. And then Big E tries, fails. He's on his back like a little turtle on a shell. And then Kofi and Xavier like turn his legs and spin him around. <laughs> <laughs> that was. Uh... Did you really think he was going to be able to pull that off? I kind of thought he could. <laughs> I still kind of think he can. But it's more fun this way. That was 12 minutes of hashtag Smackdown Matters So Black. It was real ethnic. <laughs> did, you, did you hear the Pollock and Way show? They were talking about like, what's going on here? What's happening? I don't understand. I'm like, of course. Oh, a white person said that? Shut well, a white guy and Asian guy. But they're usually clueless about stuff because like, I remember when Archie oh, the Asian was guy doing didn't understand? I, I remember when Archie was doing something. You know how R-Truth just like goes on about like weird shit? Like, and then like they were both like, "Huh? What? What is this?" I thought the whole point of it was to not make sense. For 
person. No, I mean, like, when he was just saying, like, things that, like, we would understand. Oh. Oh, yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. I was looking at things. Next was a triple, triple tag team match. The Bar versus the Good Brothers versus the, I thought they got fired years ago, Colognes. Um, no, stands. they were they're not they weren't the colognes. They were like all these other variations except the colognes. They're, it doesn't it's, matter. This is a brand new sky it, team. I've never seen these guys before. Include the person I'm looking for until he comes with them. It doesn't matter. A primo so, and epico are like JTG. They just lay low and keep getting the checks and hope when they get ready to make the cuts, they for, they just skip over their names. I mean, they have, you know, stay low and build. They might have good money just from happening to be around. No, see, uh, what, what it is is if Vince doesn't want to piss off Puerto Rico because those are like, you know, their Let's father see. or their uncle or whatever. He, I don't know. Just some, there's just some weird connection that, that they have. I can't imagine Vince gives two fucks about anybody in Puerto Rico. Just knowing who he's friends with. Your president. Anyway, tag tournament match. One of the colognes tags in and needs a super kick, but Sheamus makes the save. But then Sheamus runs into a spine buster. The Colognes break up the magic killer. And then they take control until Cesaro tags in. It breaks down. And then Cesaro pins Gallows. So next week there will be another tag tournament match. Which will be the Usos. Haven't seen them in a while. Versus Sanity. Versus Rusev in English. Um, There's a video package for Becky and Charlotte. Jeff Hardy arrives. He says Randy is obsessed. With him because Randy seems to be obsessed with men. I'm just saying. <laughs> um, he says Orton got into his head and even made him believe he could fly. And then they show footage of last week, I guess, where he did something he shouldn't have done. He says Orton may think Jeff is a stepping stone, but Jeff feels alive, reborn, and rebroken by fate. He tells Randy to come out so they can finish what he started. He does come out. Congratulations, Jeff, for being back on the pedestal. But the truth is, that Orton isn't done yet because he will take Jeff's identity when he ends his career. I guess I should note that on Jeff's face is the makeup and it says RKO, but it also has like another face yeah. on the other yeah. side. Yeah, it's got some shit going is on. Is he doing the weird eye thing again? Oh, yes. yeah, he's been doing that for about Very a month creepy. now. No, Very no, creepy. I've seen it. I'm just like, did he do it this week too? Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. He's going to run into a barricade one day and I'm going to be there. I want to see it. Of course you do. Yes. Jeff promises to take Orton to hell in Hell in a Cell at. The Hell in a Cell pay-per-view. And then Randy leaves. Um, Mella is interviewed. And she says she's the hottest thing in WWE. But Trish was just there yesterday. So no. She takes credit for the WWE Evolution pay-per-view. Interesting theory. She says she beat Charlotte twice and will do it again tonight. And when her title back, our truth is still stalking her. And Ty Dillinger is still trying to talk him out of it. I love the line where she goes, Charlotte and Becky? They're chump change because Mella is money. Like I like that. Ty Dillinger with his monthly appearance. Yeah, Naomi versus Billy Kay because of you know the other one. Distraction? What? Yeah, there was a distraction finish. Naomi lost. Anyway, Bree versus no. Bree and Brian come out and talk. Nobody cares. Um uh, Bree's know, annoyingness thing... is starting to rub off on Daniel, and I'm I'm really annoyed by him now. Yeah, so they're talking about whatever, and then Zelina and Sienna Amas come out. Zelina says it's an honor for them to be standing next to them, them and us. You get it. She introduced no, herself no, to she, Brian. What she really said what? was she shaded Daniel Bryan. She said it's it's an honor for her to be standing next to two legends, Brie Bella and Sienna Amas. <laughs> Oh, that's <laughs> I like her. She introduces herself to Daniel Bryan and says CN has put Sankara on the shelf. She keeps her AJ to the limit and he destroyed Rusev. She goes on to say that Miz has outsmarted Daniel Bryan and CN will now out-wrestle Daniel Bryan. Bryan says he'd love to make the match official, but he's not the GM anymore. If only there was somebody to make the match. And then he's like, ha, 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 I said, if only there was somebody to make the match. Okay, but then Paige comes running out. She's like, excuse me, office is far. You see these heels. Give me a second. She catches a breath, and then she's like, yeah, sure. So she makes the match. 
Um, Daniel gives Amos the butterfly superplex. Miz arrives. Daniel Bryan wipes Miz out with a suicide dive, but seeing Amos takes out Daniel Bryan with a tornado. Back in the ring, Amos hits the inverted tornado DDT for two. He goes back up top and moonsault eats Miz. Leosak is applied, and Bree takes out Zelina Vega, but out of nowhere, Maurice posts Bree. That allows Miz to attack for the DQ. CN lays out Daniel Bryan with the Hamalai DDT. Post-match, Miz applies the yes lock to Daniel Bryan, and Maurice lays out Brie with a DDT. And then Miz hits the skull-crushing finale on Daniel Bryan. Boom. Yes. I love it. Great heel work it. all around. Heel tactics. The match was pretty good until, like, the, until it was just interrupted. I wanted to see that match continue. Oh, yeah. They could definitely go back to it for a longer period and have a couple of good matches out of it. This is a good setup to get Miz, you know, and Maurice some get back. And is this, is this the first time Daniel's done the suicide dive since coming back? I think it is. I haven't Jeez. seen him do it since he... He needs, to, he needs to limit those. Well, that's the first one, so he's been doing pretty good. Anyway, okay. I'm just saying, but we can, we can he think. doesn't deserve anything and that Becky cannot win the big one. And she won't apologize for her success and for busting her ass to get where she is. And if Becky wants a spotlight, she'll go ahead and give it to her. Out comes AJ. He says the rematch is official for Helena Cell. He says that Samoa Joe is great with the mind games, but he's not good enough to take the title from AJ. He says he'll put an end to the mind games and doesn't want to win it for Helena Cell. He calls out Samoa Joe right now. Joe's in the parking garage and appears on the screen. He says AJ's acting like a superhero, but who's looking after his kids? This mojo calls up Wendy, the wife, and says, how is our Annie? Right? So then he says he promises to send AJ home and tells her to save him a plate for next Tuesday's back-to-school barbecue. Well, it's official. Samoa Joe versus AJ Styles at Hell in a Cell pay-per-view for the WWE Championship. You're good, Joe. He's good. He's good with these mind games. I mean, he's got me right where he wants me. I mean, he brought my wife into this and even my daughter. And the only thing that he was able to prove is that he's not man enough to take the title away from me. Why play these mind games? Why? Why not look me in the eyes and face me like a man? Because you're not, Joe. You're not a man. In fact, I'm going to put a stop to these mind games right here, right now. You see, I am the WWE Champion, and I make the rules around here on SmackDown Live. I do not have to wait to hell in the cell. So Samoa Joe, get out here right now. This isn't a threat. This is a demand by your WWE champion because I'm going to knock your teeth down your throat. AJ, I'm not going to come out there tonight. I mean, look at you. You're proving my point. You're out here acting like superhero to the world. But who's there for your kids to look up to right now? Maybe I'm not done playing dad yet. Maybe it's just too much fun. Hello, Wendy. No, 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 no. You know who this is. You know this is. And how is our little Annie? Listen to me. I know why you're angry. I would be too. But listen, I'm going to keep the promise that AJ never did. And I'm going to send him home. Don't worry. And by the way, are we still on for the back-to-school barbecue next week? Wendy? Listen. Save me a plate. Maybe I'll stop by next Tuesday. No, no, he said he'll actually be there. That's what he said. 
Okay, well, that ain't what my notes say. Anyway, AJ runs backstage to go whip some ass. Questions, comments, concerns? The biggest just... takeaway here, biggest mm-hmm. takeaway here is that Samoa Joe has a pop socket on his phone. At first, I thought, I thought, I think, I thought it was AJ's phone because why would Samoa Joe have Annie Styles in his phone? I mean, they used to be friends. I guess. Mm-hmm. Like they came probably up together, is at this phone, though. Like, he took the phone and called. Right. Either that or he's just pretending. Maybe he didn't call anybody. He didn't think about that. Call. Right, exactly. Yeah, that's true. He probably did take his phone. Because I can't imagine Wendy's, like, randomly fielding calls from some other Joe on a Tuesday evening. <laughs> yeah, so I think, I think that was AJ's phone. pretended to call her. Hmm? Just to piss off AJ. Hmm. Anyway, your final match of the night is Charlotte versus Carmella in a rematch for the SmackDown Women's title. Carmella hits the Rana off the ropes for two, then she lands clubbing strikes, and she slaps Charlotte. Charlotte fights off Carmella, but eats a pair of super kicks, and Carmella covers for two. Carmella keeps covering, but Charlotte keeps kicking out. Then Charlotte fires up and hits the spear in a natural selection. The figure eight finishes it post break. Becky kicks Charlotte ass to a hero's welcome. She tells Charlotte at Hell in a Cell she will get her title back, you bitch. And then she poses with the title standing over Charlotte or, you know, in the corner Charlotte is. But it looked like she was kind of like, yeah, bitch, what? Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Oh, and Charlotte with a power game. That is how quickly the queen can turn things around. That's what Mella needed to avoid. Up to that point. Oh, oh Charlotte. Wasting Uh-oh. no time now. Going up top. Charlotte going to the top turnbuckle here. And now Carmella starting to stone. Oh, oh, no. Into the barricade. It wasn't pretty, but it was certainly effective. But Carmella has to realize that if Charlotte Flair gets counted out, Carmella does not become SmackDown Women's Champion. Champion's advantage is in effect. And Carmella must pin or submit the champion inside the ring Uh-oh. to win the wait, title. Wait, look at the face of Carmella. She's plotting something. Count of five. There she goes. Carmella through the ropes onto Charlotte Flair. Carmella needs to get the queen back in the ring. Oh, Carmella understands the urgency. A lot of urgency. Hook to the leg here and a kick out. Oh, and there it is. Almost cut Carmella in half. And now Flair with an opportunity. Natural selection. The way she won the title at SummerSlam. And now to make sure. Figure four. And the center of the ring. Bridget's into the figure eight. Can Mella hang on? Is Carmella going to tap out to the champion? Desperation mode for Carmella. Carmella's got to find a way to make it to the ropes. To break the submission. No. She taps. Charlotte Flair retains. Here is your winner by submission. It's still the SmackDown Women's Champion. Charlotte Flair! You know, guys, you almost you saw a brief smile there from Charlotte Flair. I, dare I say maybe a smile of relief? Uh, definitely a deep sigh of relief and a smile. Oh, oh, oh. Becky Lynch! Becky Lynch from behind, tacking Charlotte Flair! Becky Lynch apparently was just waiting in the wings. Oh! Give me a microphone! Hurry up! When I get my way, come hell in a cell. I'm taking my title back. You. And that's how it ended on Tuesday. Yeah, I think everybody in the whole arena was waiting for, I mean, they started out the match like, we want Becky, we want Becky. Then in the middle of the match, they were just chanting Becky. And then it was kind of like the match goes through and it's like, oh, she ain't even going to come out. And then all of a sudden she hit the ring and it was like, oh, hell yeah. That oh, yeah, there was just a huge pop, too. Yeah, that place exploded, man. 
So I don't know, man. It looks like they might be trying to turn it a little bit where Becky is just going to be a uh, ass kicker that's just like not really a heel, but just, you know. Maybe we should be like an anti-hero like Stone Cold Steve Austin or something. <laughs> Say what, Didi? Don't you mean a last kicker? Yes, a last <laughs> kicker. Yeah, yeah. So more of maybe like a Stone Cold kind of demeanor. Because the way she said it, like you B word, it was just like so much like she put so much into it. It, it wasn't just like, oh, you B word or whatever. She was just like, she really gave it to her. Yeah, so I'm excited to see where it goes. Uh, I think it, you know, it could probably be just as good as Sami Zayn when he turned heel. We never thought that was going to be, that wasn't the best idea when it happened. But once we actually got it, it was like, oh, don't ever go back. <laughs> Keep doing what you're doing. Hopefully he's getting well because he had two torn rotator cuffs out. So anything else, Didi, you'd like to add? Uh, no. All right. <laughs> so that was SmackDown for this week. Just letting you know that the WrestleCast can also be found on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher Radio, and Google Play. So we'll move into a little Lucha Underground. Johnny Mundo and his crew prepare for the big wedding. And, and they have on some lovely lime green tuxedos. The Worldwide Underground, they have a surprise for Johnny Mundo. It's Joey Wrestling in the form of Joey Mercury. Ricky I Mo- thought he looked familiar. <laughs> yeah. Ricky Mundo has been reduced to the ring boy and his air guitar has been taken away. Ricky and his creepy doll have a conversation. So then we move on to our first match. Jake Strong versus Drago. Jake Strong hits the Bader Splash and then the ankle lock follows and that makes Drago tap. After the match, Jake Strong tries to keep furthering applying the ankle lot to Drago, and then Aerostar comes out and helps his friend and runs Jake Strong off. Next up, we have Exolicious versus Jack Evans in a no-moss match. Jack lays Exolicious on the chair and threatens to snap Exolicious's neck. Jack heads up top, but Joey Ryan arrives to make the save. Jack shoves Joey Ryan away as Ivelisse pulls Exolicious to the floor. Exolicious locks on an armbar, and Jack quits. Post-match, Ryan helps Exolicious to his feet and celebrates with Exolicious and Ivelisse. I mean, I know it's a little different because Exolicious is a little, um, you know, Exotico. exotic, uh, feminine, whatever you want to call it. His outfit is good, though. Like, the women from WWE should, like, copy that two-piece. That's a move right there, that outfit. And, uh... Lucha Underground getting real liberal with the language because when they was asking uh, Exolicious if he quit, uh, his responses were, fuck no. Really? Yes. I didn't hear that. Oh, yeah. He said it twice. Really? Yes. I did not hear that. (laughs) So. I think you could say fuck. I knew you could say shit. Yeah. Me either. I didn't know you you could say that word. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mundo and his boys prepare for the wedding as Jack crawls backstage. Ricky wants to take his place in the wedding party, but they yell at him. Johnny calls PJ Black and Joy Mercury, his best friends, angering Ricky Mundo, and the doll tells Ricky to do the job she told him to do. So Famous B, he's in his wheelchair, and he's officiating the wedding because this is the part in the year where uh, Melissa had her baby, so he's doing a ring announcing now as well. So Johnny, PJ Black, and Joey Mercury arrive to Mundo's music. Cheerleader Melissa and Brenda are the bridesmaids. So we see Ricky and his creepy doll free Matanza from his cage. The wedding is underway, and Famous B asks if anyone has any objections to the wedding of these fine-ass people. Antonio Cueto arrives and says that he likes the couple, and he has a gift for, for them, and he says to ring the bell. He has tacos for everyone willed out, and he congratulates the happy couple. Taya tells Johnny that she loves him more than fluffy puppies and decapitating creepy snake men, and together they can never lose. He'll always be the champion of her heart, and tonight they will put the slam in Slamtown. Johnny says that he never thought he'd ever meet someone as tan, ripped, and as cool as he is until he met her. He loves her more than his own reflection, and this is now the best day of his life, and he can't wait to buy a house in Slamtown and begin their life together. They agree to take each other in matrimony until death do them part. Ricky and the creepy doll arrive with the rings. Famous B makes fun of the doll and dismisses Ricky. Mundo then tells Ricky to leave and not to make this offer awkward. They take their vows and are pronounced. And then Matanza shows up on the scene and starts wrecking shop. 
He even slams Famous B while he was in his wheelchair. He then choke slams BJ Black through the taco table. Taya gets busted open as Johnny Mundo tries to fight off Matanza, but Matanza suplexes Mundo from the ring to the floor through another table full of tacos. Taya fires up and attacks Matanza, but he hits the wrath of gods on Taya as Ricky Mundo celebrates. Matanza then slams Taya onto her own wedding cake. Mm-hmm. And that was the end of Lucha Underground. Mm-hmm. Just couldn't couldn't have the wedding just go off without a hitch, huh? Listen, you know, nothing goes right at weddings anyway. I don't know that they were expecting a Matanza. But you know. Yeah, that was a that was a pretty extreme interruption, wasn't it? It was like, oh, okay, so about this doll. Who is she possessed by? Is this like Katrina and a doll? Who's in the doll? I don't know. They haven't really done any backstory on the doll, but that may come with this, uh, you know, Ricky Mundo. Now that they're going to get into the story with Ricky Mundo wanting to wrestle Johnny, I guess it's going to be the next logical thing. Wrestle him, skin him alive, something. <laughs> yeah. Um, Ricky Mundo has officially replaced uh, Marty the Moth as the creepy bastard for this season. Yeah, and you know, he was always a little creepy, but once you add that doll in, it's just like, oh, Marty has nothing on you. <laughs> so, yeah, so that was uh, this week's Lucha Underground. So, it was a pretty fun show. It went by really fast. Um, the wedding thing was really good, though. Like, it they... did go by fast. I ended up watching it tw- uh, like once and a half because I ended up was cooking, but like, the th- it just goes so fast. Yeah, it really did, and I and I actually like watched it with full commercials because I actually recorded it, and then I was kind of playing Fortnite a little bit, kind of looking up from time to time since mm-hmm. it was just a lot of talking and you know backstage stuff. And next thing mm-hmm. you know, it's like, damn, it's already nine forty-five. This thing about to go off. Yeah, they they move quick. It's some about them one-hour shows compared to like SmackDown compared to Raw. It make it real clear that three hours is not what you need to be doing every week. Yeah. Well, SmackDown is perfect. Right when you're ready for it to go off, it goes off. It's off. (laughs) The minute you get tired, the credits roll. Raw would be entertaining if they had enough heels to make it entertaining. They don't have enough heels to make it entertaining. Then that's a problem right now. It's like, you, you know, yeah. they don't have enough personalities that, you know, everybody, when they come up there, it's like, oh, that was a good segment. Or that was a good segment, too. It's like, oh, the beginning is OK. There's maybe something in the middle and then the end. Yeah. So. And it's about to get really front loaded or back loaded, depending on how you think, because football is about to start. And they're going to have a football game this Monday, a college game when Raw's on, and then they're going to have NFL football. Monday night football start back the next week after that. So, yeah, it's really about to get crammed up. Everything is probably going to be happening in the first like half hour. If you don't see the first half hour, you might not see anything good to the end. Cool. I mean, that's all I watch. <laughs> it's the first half hour. <laughs> all right. So, this week's WrestleCast is being brought to you by Blue Apron. It's getting that time of the year. The weather's changing. Change up your meal plans. Go to Blue Apron through CSPN.us. Use our code and you'll get $30 off your first purchase of your first meal. Blue Apron's great because you can pick your packages, what you want. If you have a certain diet that you want to try to keep gluten-free, vegetarian, they've got all those choices there. You can pick your menu and then they send it to your house with everything that you need to prepare it. All you have to do is follow the instructions. 30 to 45 minutes later, you have fresh meal right there within your realm of whatever that you need to for all your dietary restrictions. Or if you have no restrictions, just be a glutton and eat everything. But do it through Blue Apron and CSPN.us. So our final review tonight is going to be NXT as William Regal is officially starting an investigation into who attacked Aleister Black. Just say final because we have impact as well. Oh, well, I don't register impact, but you can talk about it, sir. Uh, Johnny Gargano hobbles his way to the ring using a crutch. Gargano thanks the crowd for their reactions, but says that while they have always had his back, he broke a promise in Brooklyn and he made mistakes and he's failed. 
He tried to make things right for them all and doesn't know where he'll go from here and just doesn't know what to do anymore. Johnny says in Brooklyn, he became Tommaso Ciampa. He says that Ciampa is in his head and he can't get him out. He doesn't know what the fans want anymore. Johnny says he has to do better and wants to be better for Candace and for the fans. William Regal makes his way to the ring and asks if Johnny Gargano was the one that attacked Aleister Black. Regal needs to know before Black returns and burns NXT to the ground. Gargano says he doesn't really answer, but then he just says Regal knows him and to look into his eyes and he'll see the answer there. Then the Velveteen Dream arrives and he says that he's sick and disgusted hearing Johnny sing his sad song once again. Tonight's show should be about him, the man that stole the show at Brooklyn. It should be all about the Velveteen Dream. He says this is not about Johnny failure and Gargano says that he's good to go and then Regal breaks them up. Regal sends Dream to his office and says that Johnny Gargano will face off with the Velveteen Dream next week. Um, Velveteen Dream with a fantastic outfit. He had on like a pair of jeans, some type of like purple looking scarf type of things that he was using as like suspenders. And then he had like no shirt with some white crocodile loafers. Sounds awful, but I'm sure it was amazing. (laughs) Yes, the Velveteen Dream can pull off anything. Um, Dakota Kai faced off versus Aaliyah. Dakota Kai hits the code red into the double knees combo, and she gets the win. Next up, Regal finishes with Velveteen Dream in his office, and then he meets with the Forgotten Sons. He questions them about the attack on Aleister Black. They take the time to deny the attack, and then they ask for an opportunity. Regal dismisses them and then says they'll get an opportunity next week. Backstage, we see Lars Sullivan leaving the scene, and EC3 is laid out. Regal tries to talk with Nikki Cross, but she just laughs and spins in her chair and says she knows who did it. Bianca Belair arrives and says she wants to match because she's healthy and wants a title opportunity. Uh, she was pissed. She was like, man, you got me out here standing in the hallway for this? Because Nikki was <laughs> spinning in the chair, just laughing, being crazy. And she was like, I want an opportunity. She was like, Nikki. And Nikki was like trying to um like mess with her, like play with her hair. And she was like, she had this shirt on that says, you cannot touch my hair. So, mm-hmm. so Nikki's trying to play with her hair, and then she tells her that you cannot touch my hair, and snatches her braid away. It's pretty good. Um, <laughs> Mendoza, who is supposed to face Raul Mendoza, who is supposed to face EC3, makes his way out to the ring, and Laura Sullivan arrives, and he admits to taking out EC3. He says that when he leaves people land in parking lots or in hallways, he comes out and lets everybody knows that he he did it. So Lars hits the ring. He starts destroying Mendoza with ease. He mauls him with strikes. Then he hits a pop-up power slam in the freak accident. And Lars Sullivan, in his return, gets the win. Tommaso Ciampa cuts a great backstage promo, noting that he promised to come back dangerous, and he's exceeded all expectations. He ended Johnny Gargano, and he won the NXT title in the process, becoming the greatest sports entertainer of all time. He clawed to the top of the mountain, and that this is his home now. NXT is his home, and this is just the beginning. No one will survive what's coming next. Next up, we bask in the glory of Keith Lee versus Luke Menzies. Keith Lee fights. uh, Keith Lee hits the pounce and then he hits a corner splash and some chops follow that. Keith Lee hits the spirit bomb and he gets the win. The Undisputed Era are in the main event. And then as the match right before the match starts, Adam Cole says that he wants to take Kyler Raleigh's spot because he wants to get him a piece of ricochet. So we have the Undisputed Era, Adam Cole, Bebe, and Roderick Strong versus Ricochet and Pete Dunne. You, you mean Adam Hickenbottom. <laughs> Pete Dunne hits a moonsault to the floor onto the Undisputed Era, and Ricochet accidentally takes out Pete Dunne with a suicide dive. Back in the ring, Adam Cole hits the last shot, and he pins Ricochet. After the match, the Undisputed Era is laying out Ricochet and Pete Dunne, and they're standing tall until the War Raiders arrive and the Undisputed Era chase them, uh, run off to the back. So, still putting a little bit of uh, seeds in there between Ricochet and uh, Pete Dunne because, you know, Pete Dunne was like, nah, I ain't really your friend. I just don't like the Undisputed Era. And that's basically (laughs) how they lost the match was because Ricochet took out Pete Dunne with that suicide dive. And then they're also furthering the War Raiders are coming after the tag team titles as they came down there to make the save at the end. So good stuff. Good stuff. It would be cool if we get a triple threat between Adam Cole, baby Ricochet and Pete Dunn with all, with both the North American and 
and, and the uh, UK title up for grabs. That would be kind of cool match. So that was NXT, and uh, Sam has a little blurb about uh, Impact that he wants to let everybody in on. Uh, Sam, Impact? I thought he, I thought he left. He did? I didn't see it in the chat, so. I heard a noise. Oh, I didn't hear it. Okay. Well, I thought he was going to yeah. talk about it. What's me? Okay. All right. Well, that's it then. If there's no Sam at the end, I thought he was going to talk about impact. I was going to give him time. Um, Let's anything? see if I can find something real quick. Yeah. Because I didn't watch since it. He since he likes it so much. I forgot to watch it. I meant to. I don't know why I don't remember these things. I just know that um, Tessa Blanchard won the title a couple of weeks ago. So she's the champion Phoenix, now. Yeah, there was Phoenix versus Brian Cage for the X Division Championship. Um, the crowd had a fight forever champ. Who do you think they are? Kevin and Sammy? Last. <laughs> Last. Um, Brian Cage won with um, a top rope power bomb. And then after the match, OVE, which is Ohio. Over everyone. everybody. Yeah. Rush the ring and beat down the Lucha Brothers. So that's what had happened. The crowd chanted, we want Jericho. <laughs> Who doesn't? Uh, Tessa Blanchard cut a promo backstage about pressure and her family's pro wrestling history. Eli Drake came to the ring and brought out the two enhancements talents from last week. Nobody cares about them. But there's a match versus him and Brandon Tidwell. Uh, he took a, drape, a gravy train for the loss, so Eli Drake won that. Next was Sue Young, who's the dead corpse bride, versus Ali versus Tessa Blanchard for the knockout championship match. Um, the things that are happening, so many things. This is, oh, my God. This is what Don was talking about. Tessa won with a roll-up holding the tights of Ali. Oh, yeah. So a shady win, but a win is a win. Oh, yeah. We always love a good heel tactic, don't we? Yeah. Um, Gamma Singh hunted down the Desi hit squad. Come on, Ethnics. Killer Cross and Austin Aries cut a promo backstage about their upcoming match against Eddie Edwards and Moose. LAX was still a thing and was backstage and they're happy about shutting down the OGs and getting their titles back, but they were still upset about Little Richie. Um, next is the smoke show. What's the, what? Things. Next was Petey Williams versus Rich the homie. <laughs> Rich Swan. Um, he won. He won with a standing shooting star press for a very quick win. Next was Austin Aries and Killer Cross versus Eddie Edwards. And these are some real involved notes that I found. Oh, really? Yeah. I'm trying to like scroll through to find it. See, don't you appreciate me just chopping all that down every like, week for you? Yeah. Oh! Was, oh, suddenly Moose comes to the ring with his head bandaged up and he goes into the corner of his friend, whoever that is. Killer Cross jumped off the apron, but he didn't because he didn't want to tag after Moose entered the match. Suddenly Moose let go of Austin Aries and he spears Eddie Edwards. This is a swerve on Eddie and a heel turn for Moose. Now Austin looks like the leader of a new heel staple and the crowd chance she sold out. The heels ended the night looking happy as not the pillmanized Eddie Edwards neck with a chair shot while he laid against the ring post. Yes. Violence. Alyssa Edwards or Alicia Edwards came out and slapped Moose and he backed her up before the heels closed together while Alicia took care of her battered husband. And that is a very short recap of Impact since I didn't see it. The thing Let's about see, I wanted you to know about it. That that is kind of cool is they don't script their promos, so their promos are really good, and they have violence and blood. So, you know, I do like violence. Yeah, so I mean, if you can find Pop TV or remember to turn to it every week, you may find two or three things in there that are really really good. Yeah. So. Thank you, Didi, for that impromptu oh, you're impact You're very report. welcome. You're so welcome. Yeah, so like I said, I don't know how we'll you know incorporate that weekly, but if it's something of interest, we'll try to at least mention it. Mm-hmm. All right, so I'll turn it over to you, ma'am, for your thank yous and shout-outs. Oh, shout-out to Greg. Shout-out to Sam. Shout-out to Chairman, because he still gets shout-outs. Shout-out to Nova Pro Wrestling. Is that who they are? They are. Be- 
because I have been told by said chairman that their big anniversary show is next month. And so, you know, if you want to go to that and you're in the DMV area, you can do that. It's on the September 21st at the Jewish Community Center of Northern Virginia. But anyway, so shout out to them. If I make it, if I don't, who knows? My life is all up in the air. Um, shout out to Mel, because Mel still always gets shout outs. Shout out to her daughter, because it's her senior year. So Mel don't really got no, no more babies. All Mel's babies is grown. <laughs> Tear. Um, shout out to uh, my friends. Shout out to, oh, shout out to Trader Joe's. They got the bomb vanilla ice cream. Really? Yes. Oh my God, it's so good. And then, like, just cream. Ooh, just creamy. Mm. And then, shout out to my ladies of glow. Shout out to, shout out to Elias. <laughs> <laughs> Even though he was real disrespectful about what he said about Trish, I still want to walk with him. Yeah, he did. He referenced her as being 60. He called her 60. <laughs> I was like, you are well within your rights to slap him, man. Yes, you are. That is the correct answer. So I was looking at some YouTube stuff and I was maybe thinking about putting Trisha's song as the beginning, but it has too many words. It'll oh. over be over top of Bret Hart's talking. But mm-hmm. um, I was like, which Trish did you like better? The one with the brown hair or the blonde hair? I like blonde hair, Trish. Okay. But I like that she's still gorgeous. Because you know sometimes people change and you're like, Why, why'd you do that? You're right. Like, why, why'd you change your hair color? Who said that was cute on you? But she still looks good with brown hair. Mm-hmm. So, but blonde hair should always be my favorite. Yeah. Yeah. When, um, when Alexa was like, and we also got somebody in the back with a whole bunch of history with you. I thought Lita was about to come out and then Mickey James <laughs> did. And I was like, oh yeah, okay. That makes sense too. Forgot about Mickey James. <laughs> mm-hmm. I remember when she was like stalking her. I remember right, that. Right, right. Mm-hmm. And they had the the match in the WrestleMania. But yeah, so I was I always connect Lita with with Trish. I never. I, it always takes me a second to register that. Oh yeah, Mickey James and Trish had a really good uh, rivalry as well. So yeah. All right. I'd like to thank Miss Didi Jonet. I'd like to thank Sam. I'd like to thank Greg for joining me for our 200th episode. All of the listeners and all of the guests of the previous 200, uh, well, 199 episodes. Thank you guys for all that you've done to make this an awesome community. Follow the hashtags, supporting all the live tweets and, you know, retweets and just building the community up to what it's become. So I definitely appreciate everybody who's listened to one show or all 200 and like to give a shout out to all the podcasters here on the CSPN each and every week, all the people who put in the time and put in the work, put in the effort. And we also have, um, you know, exclusive content now. So please go over to patreon.com forward slash CSPN media and check out the extra offerings that we have become a CSPN backstage member for just $3 a month. And you'll gain access to all the exclusive content um, you'll gain access to the dark match, which is basically a, a bunch of conversations put together that we have before we record this podcast. You'll get to hear what um, the bad and boozy girls talk about before their podcast. You'll get extra draggings and um, pop culture talk from the Ratchet Ramblings crew. So there's lots to offer over on CSPN uh, media Patreon site. Also give a shout out to Newsy Floozies. Uh, Dainty Thug and Mama Meets World as there are new additions to the CSPN network so follow them, listen to them um, interact with them on social media, uh, some really cool content that we've uh, brought over to the podcasting network with those three new shows so I think that's it for my shout outs this week just again thank you again to everybody who's listened to the podcast episode 200 we're coming up on our four year anniversary in October so You know, we just continue to keep grinding and bringing you this great content as we talk about wrestling each and every week here on the WrestleCast. So for Didi Jonet, Samuel Kalunga, and Magnum Prime, I'm Don DeLorente, and this has been episode 200 of the WrestleCast. Please stay tuned for the parting promo. It's at least 8.05 now. 
And I didn't win this title to just stand in the ring and hold it. I'm here to defend it. So if that meat shack don't come out here ASAP, we're going to turn this thing into the Shield Workhorse Open Challenge. And if anybody wants to step up, they can come get it. Workhorse. <laughs> you sure could have fooled me when you had to have your boys come out here and save you when I came calling last week. The Shield is a brotherhood of workhorses. Nobody tells us what to do, not even me. Those boys, they made a choice because they understand the shoes I'm standing in. They know what it's like to be at the top of the mountain. You have no clue. All you do is run around here and say, get these hands. Well, the fact is, the only thing you lift with those hands are objects, cars, ambulances, stages. These hands, my hands, have lifted every single WWE Championship there is to offer. And that's why I am the guy. That's why I run this yard. And if you ever want to be on my level, son, you better learn to step up act like a man, cash that contract, and let's have our championship match right here in Toronto. I'm not cashing in tonight. Because you and I and everyone inside this arena know that if I did, your little boys would come down here and try and save you again. So I'm going to make you a deal. I won't cash this contract in until September 16th. All you gotta do is show up to the one place where your brothers can't interfere with me taking your Universal Championship because you and I, we're gonna go to war in a place we've never done it before. I'm gonna cash my contract in and I'll see you in hell in a cell. You're finally starting to sound like a monster.